Hello, and welcome to the Learn to Mediate Online podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and I'm one of the leading experts in online mediation. I have personally been mediating online for over five years now, and I have my own fully online family law mediation and coaching practice. Two years ago, after so many of my colleagues reached out wanting to know how I was doing it, I created the Learn to Mediate Online training program. And to date, I have personally trained thousands of mediators in how to successfully conduct their mediations through an online platform. As a leading figure in the online mediation movement, I am privileged to be on the cutting edge of developments and advances in online practice. And this podcast has been created to share that information with you. So tune in each week to get the inside story on how to mediate online. I invite you to now listen to today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today we are going to be talking in an episode that's that's sort of geared toward advocates in mediation, but is actually really helpful for the mediators to listen to as well. And it's really all about the preparation that an attorney needs to do to have a successful mediation before the mediation even starts. Because as with everything, right, in this world, and especially for attorneys, we know that preparation is all important. But when it comes to virtual mediation or virtual proceedings, online proceedings, um, one, especially because this is brand new to many of us, it might be very brand new to your clients. Mediation may be new to them. So it's really important that the proper preparation go in to getting the playing field ready before that first mediation session ever even begins. So I'm going to run through my top tips um, for a successful mediation and really honing in on what an attorney can do to help their client to be ready um, and and to put their best foot forward because that's an essential part of this as well. And that's actually where I want to start because it's really interesting. I was just um, talking with some colleagues in the, you know, in the area of virtual dispute resolution or online dispute resolution. And we were talking about the issue of unconscious bias, right? Now, here's something uh, that is a hot topic in the world at large, but I hadn't really applied it in the world of virtual dispute resolution or online dispute resolution. But what was pointed out to me and which I find really insightful and something that we all should be aware of is Do we create or have an unconscious bias when we have a participant in a mediation who perhaps lacks skill with the platform, um, can't seem to make it work, can't get signed on properly, takes a while to figure out how to make their audio or video work, Um, others who perhaps are not prepped properly to have a strong Wi-Fi connection, that sort of thing. So, um, or let's just think about the unconscious bias that might be created in a situation um, where someone 
is calling in by choice or by necessity rather than appearing on screen in the, you know, by video. So I do think for advocates especially, it's important to be really aware of this and to prepare their clients properly so that the mediation process is not inhibited and and or affected by the client not being properly prepared. Now, I know all of the advocates out there and most mediators out there, I'm sure, are saying, well, of course, an advocate will prepare their client. Um, And, you know, I hope that's true uh, because, you know, just as a standard of care and competency in both fields as an advocate, as an mediator. But let's talk about some of the very specific steps that an advocate as an attorney uh, for a client really should be considering as they get their client ready for a virtual mediation. Um, So obviously, a pre-mediation conference between attorney and client is utterly essential. I mean, I don't think there's any question that there needs to be at least one prep session between the attorney and the client not just on this is what mediation is, this is how, you know what's going to happen in this process. Certainly that is information that I'm sure everyone's going through anyway. But it's also really important to be talking about some of the issues that are very specific to the virtual medium, to the online medium. Um, Now, that can be things like you are going to, I mean, it's just the practical prep, right? It's you're going to have to perhaps download some sort of program. Uh, Some people, if they're using Zoom or one of the other video conferencing programs, they may need to download something and get prepped that way. I always advise that if it is something like that, the client and the attorney spend time be getting up to speed on that particular platform because you don't want to waste time and get bogged down in how, you know, to share a screen or how to leave a room and go to another room or how to have a private conversation. You want that to be a part of what you already know. So certainly the advocate needs to be prepared to show the client how that particular platform works. Now, this presumes you've gotten all of your information from your mediator, and of course you should, but it goes beyond just the platform. You also have to let your client know, hey, you're going to need a camera or a computer with a camera on it. You're going to need a microphone or your computer needs to have a microphone on it. You're going to need decent lighting so that everyone can see you um, because that's important for a part of your communication. Um, And you're going to want to be set up in a place that's private and confidential and where you can't be overheard. You know, you need to cover all the confidentiality. Um, I always, anyone who has taken the training knows, I strongly urge you all to be putting this in writing and have sort of standard Um, handouts that you would give to clients, but I think it needs to go much further than just having a handout that you give clients. I think that you really do need to take the time to show them if they need the, the, the prep time, how everything works. 
Now, one of the other things, and, and you know, this will be um, the subject of an upcoming episode. Um, I have Dr. Deborah Dupree, um, a psychologist, coming on to talk about um, establishing rapport online as well as how to manage emotions online. And if, in fact, those are different, what, how you can mediators and advocates alike do that. But if you are concerned that your client is going to have a hard time establishing rapport or becoming comfortable in the online platform with their mediator, perhaps suggest setting up a pre-mediation conference between you, your client, and the mediator so that your, your client, one, has a chance to see how the platform works, but also has that chance to talk to the mediator, hear from the mediator how they you know, approach the process, um, answer questions. I always recommend, you know, when I've been an advocate in mediation, I really like for my client to interact with the mediator. Um, it, it quickly goes to establishing that rapport, or hopefully does, depending on how they they communicate together. But certainly something that, you know, I try to make sure as an advocate and certainly as a mediator that the client has sufficient time to start to feel comfortable. And by doing a pre-mediation conference between the mediator and your client, you're you're establishing that right up front. Um, so the other things that you definitely need to be, you know, making sure that your client understands is that they need to look appropriate. Um, I've had lately many people showing up for online conferences and proceedings dressed in what I'm assuming is either their pajamas or their workout clothes. And that's fine for a meeting perhaps, but as you go into a you know dispute resolution proceeding, um, especially know your mediator, know your professional and what, what works with them, but most are going to, as we would want clients to show up looking professional or appropriate in court or in an in-person mediation, you want to make sure they understand from the shoulders up at least they should do their best to look uh, appropriate to the setting um, and whatever that means to you. I know most attorneys have a um, have some sort of standard that they they give to clients. Um, so those are all you know the tips for you preparing your client. One other note with that is I have several of my mediators um, and advocates that I've trained who will also have me train staff members um, on how to use platforms, whether it be legal or Modron, um, Zoom, you know the ones that I know well. Um, so training the staff. Because here's another, you know, thing that an attorney can do and, and probably should consider is making a staff member available to your client for prep sessions, um, to run them through things, to answer questions, to walk them through the platform. Because that would be the next thing that I think is truly important for the advocate or the attorney to make sure their client understands. Um, things about being virtual. Um, the fact that you know, most of our communication is actually through our facial expression and through the intonations of our voice. 
Um, most Most attorneys don't let their clients know that. And so some clients are thinking that because they're online, they're actually in a situation where it's harder to communicate. And I've act- I, I find telling people ahead of time that they actually communicate quite well through what's showing on their face and what's showing uh, what's what people can hear in the inflection in their voice is actually very important in an uh, online proceeding. It's also important to let them know that they'll be on on screen for most of the time. So they do need to be aware of their facial expressions, uh, eye rolling and, you know, contemptuous, you know, movements with their hands, that type of thing um, that can come across very clearly in, in the online video conferencing platform. Um, so one of the things that I usually suggest, um, and I've been suggesting this to my mediators, is that they reach out to the attorneys and do a mock mediation or a walkthrough of the process and how things will work in whatever platform they're using ahead of time. But as I said earlier, I think it's an excellent idea for the attorneys to be doing that with the client. It's, you know, when I'm getting ready to do... Um, you know, a presentation um, for like we just did the ones with the ABA. They had us come on about a week in advance, walked us through, you know, it was the Zoom webinar platform for that, but Beacon Live or whatever platform you're using, just to make sure everybody was comfortable with how to answer questions, how to switch between screens, how to share screen. It is an excellent idea to do that because you are not only going to make sure that they don't have trouble, hopefully, when they get to the actual proceeding and perhaps create an unconscious bias, but you're also going to make them calmer and more comfortable so that when they start a proceeding that might be a little anxiety provoking anyway, they're going to feel better um, because they've already somewhat, you know, been through that. Now, Some of the other prep things, um, and I've already talked about the fact that they uh, need to be in a private and in a confidential place. You also need to let your clients know that they need to set aside a certain amount of time for this process, especially right now where we all are all in our homes with our families during quarantine. But even once we go beyond the COVID quarantine situation, usually people are conducting their virtual proceedings from their home or their office. And there are usually other people there. So the other thing you need to prep your client for is that they're going to need to set up a private place where they have enough time to be separate and apart, you know, keep, make sure there's someone to watch the kids, make sure their admin knows they're not going, they shouldn't be interrupted so that they can be focused and not interrupted during the actual process. You can control that when they're in your office, uh, but unless your client's coming to your office for the proceeding, which will have its own issues, um, and I'll talk about those in just one second, but if your client's going to be separate and remote from you, attorneys, you need to let them know all of these things about getting themselves prepped ahead of time um, and let you know making sure that they're ready to actively participate. Um, now another thing I think is a really important factor to go over with your client ahead of time is the fact that there is plenty of opportunity to have confidential conversations 
in an online video conferencing platform, whether it, again, be Zoom or one of the others. Um, there are the opportunities to go into breakout rooms. There are opportunities where if the worst comes to worst, you can mute and turn off your video. Um, there are different ways to make sure that you can have a confidential conversation. And this is something that many clients will have some anxiety around. So I always ask attorneys to make sure that they they cover that information with the client ahead of time. And if the client's truly concerned, set up an alternate source of, of communication. Have them text you. Have them email you if, they, if there are any problems. Um, and, and then, you know, some of the other quick tips is I really think that it's a good idea to make decisions ahead of time and discuss with the client whether they are going to be physically present with you, their attorney, or whether they are going to be remote from you. And that might be somewhat out of your control right now in quarantine. But there's some things to be thinking about there. So yes, it can be very nice to be together, even if you socially distance within your conference room, say. But then think about that. You will need to have two laptops set up in your conference room if that's how you're going to do it. And then you have to worry about feedback with the sound. Um, because if you have audio going on two computers in the same room in close proximity, you're going to have horrible feedback. And if you use the audio on only one computer, the person who's at the other computer is going to have terrible audio. And again, inflection in voice and what we say has a lot to do with our communication. So if you're going to be working off of two computers in one conference room, it may be that you need to set up an alternate source of um, audio, such as a speakerphone um, that can be uh, connected to both of the computers so that all the audio and the sound goes through that. You can get one of those uh, conference room tabletop ones, um, or you can have different microphones for each person in front of them. But that's going to take some prep and some time to have good um, have good audio. The other thing is if you are in the same room and you think, well, okay, we'll solve that by using one computer. Well, now you've created the situation where the two of you, one, have to be close together to both be seen on the screen. Or you have to do a split screen and get two cameras that are hooked up so you can be in separate locations, which might be an option. Again, takes planning ahead of time. Um, and then you have the next issue. And this is the one that comes up most often. And if attorneys have not thought about this ahead of time, it can be very awkward. What happens when the attorney wants to speak with the mediator alone or the mediator wants to speak with the attorney alone? You, it, it's very awkward for an attorney to ask the client to go back out to the con the waiting room or something like that. So the reality is the attorney is usually going to leave the client hopefully comfortably settled in that conference room and the attorney has to go somewhere else and get logged on, right? Because now they are logged on in the conference room. They now have to log on to the meeting through an alternate plat, you know, going in through the platform again, even if they have a desktop or a setup in their office so that they can have a private conversation. 
Again, something to be thinking about uh, beforehand so that there's not all the consternation of realizing in the middle of everything that you can't go have a private conversation with the attorney if you're sitting in the conference room with your client. Um, Here are some other things that you need to let your client know ahead of time that's going to make the process easier and smoother for them. So you as an attorney know that you need, if you're going to be sharing documents, sharing your screen and sharing documents in the proceeding, you need to have them all on your computer, on a device. Um, But your client may not know that. And if there were anything that your client was going to be sharing, um, then that would be something that they either need to know needs to be uploaded on their computer or they need to get it to you so that it can be uploaded. And that is really important for them um, because, again, you know, holding things up, you know, I always show that. And if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, you know, when you want to show a um, piece of paper on the computer screen, it's not really an efficient way. So one of the great things about video conferencing is sharing the screen. One of the downsides is you need to have everything online ahead of time. It doesn't, it's not very time efficient to have to go scan things. Um, Now, the other thing would be telling the client about being able to sign agreements, review documents. I find it really lowers the anxiety level if they understand that you are um, capable of, one, sharing your screen, reviewing documents with them, making changes that DocuSign or some other format of e-signature would be able to be used to get signatures done, um, and that everything has been very easily automated. Clients, you know, it's not just the, the video conferencing. Clients want to understand that the entire process has been streamlined and and converted to an online experience. So I find that that is something really helpful to go through with the clients ahead of time. Now, when people are online and in the actual mediation, um, I do, you know, I, I have found that many mediators do like to start in advance with a joint session. So certainly something to understand from your mediator before you get started so that you can prep your client. Um, and many of them do that because there's there's more to go over before the mediation starts. And if you're doing open opening statements, it can be very effective. They also will likely um, have some sort of method, the mediator, to ensure that everyone is in a private and a confidential location to ensure, well, to ensure confidentiality. So they will ensure that everyone's in a private location in order to to make sure it's a confidential proceeding. Um, And that often will involve, you know, going around the room and asking everyone about that. So, you know, that type of information, anything you can be telling your client to expect, means that it's not something that throws them off when it's going on, you know, in the actual process, because these are things that wouldn't likely happen um, in an actual, you know, um, in an in-person mediation. So, you know, I know that as we go forward into this world of virtual dispute resolution, online mediation, et cetera, it can seem very 
daunting to both counsel and clients to try something new. Um, I would say for the attorneys, I think we'll get very quickly acclimated because you just have to do it once or twice like anything, and we start to feel more comfortable with it. And the more the attorney communicates with their mediator ahead of time, and the mediator as the professional who's been hired should be prepping the attorneys. Um, But the attorney each and every time has a duty and an obligation to make sure their client is brought up to speed. And that's going to be different in every single case. Um, One last note, uh, think of those little things like bring some extra work or have something else to do because we won't be participating all of the time. And so I may be off screen at times if we're not actively mediating. Um, I I used to tell people to bring a book or something when we were doing day-long mediations. Um, Tell them if they're remote from you that they may want to be sure to have snacks and drinks and a lunch or something quickly available because they're going to get hungry. Um, They should, you know, they'll want to have something that they can get to quickly and easily. And figuring that out at 1230 when the mediation lunch breaks at one isn't the best time to do that. So give them a little prep time ahead of time and, and let them know that if they feel they need the break or if they need a bio break or if they just, you know, there can be something about the online process that's actually more intense for some people. So if they need a break to go off screen or just want, you know, want that ability to, to take that break, they should know that they can ask for that. Um, and in the end, you know, and this is a question I receive quite often, one of the best things you can do for your client as an advocate is let them know that dispute resolution itself and certainly virtual dispute resolution is highly effective in helping them reach a resolution in their conflict. And that is really why you're there in the room or on the screen trying to help them to get this matter resolved so they can move forward with their life. And whether they're in person or they're online, there's just as much chance of success of doing that. And the preparation that you're doing with them is to help them feel comfortable with it so that they have an even greater likelihood of success. So people ask me all the time if online dispute resolution is less successful than in person. I will tell you that is absolutely not my experience. Um, And I find that it is at least as successful. And in many ways, because we're such visual people and because everything happens on a screen, I actually think it's more streamlined and successful. People process things better. So let your client know those things. So I hope this is helpful to both my advocates, my attorneys, and my mediators out there um, who have to prep those attorneys and prep um, their advocates who then need to go and prep their clients. This is a key component, really, truly crucial to having a successful mediation. And it starts way before you click enter for the first mediation session. So I hope this has helped you all. And I'll see you again next week with Dr. Deborah Dupree um, talking about how to create rapport and how to manage emotions on the, uh, oh, sorry, on the Learn to Mediate online podcast. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Learn to Mediate Online podcast. 
I'm Susan Guthrie, and if you liked this episode, please give me a five-star rating and tell me what you did like in a review. Join me each Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. to hear another episode, and be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss one. Send me your questions and comments at susan at learntomediateonline.com, and you can find out more about my trainings and programs at learntomediateonline.com. I'll see you next week.